Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our members of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a comfortable position along with your favorite beverage to enjoy the discussion. We remind our audience to examine our show notes attached to each of our shows to better understand how our program functions. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Hans W., Mike N., Mike P., and Luke A. On the program today is a returning guest. Mr. Michael Collins has joined us. Mike is the CEO and Director of Nuclear Fuels, a newly organized company that is advancing ISR uranium exploration work at its main project, the Casey Project, in Wyoming, United States. The company also has other projects focused on uranium in Arizona, Utah, and also Canada. Nuclear Fuels is listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange under the symbol NF, as well as on the US OTC markets under the symbol NFUNF. Mike, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Andrew. Thank you for having me back. Great to be here. Yeah, Mike, it's a pleasure. Well, let's start off here with current activity at the company and exploration update at the Casey Project in Wyoming, where you currently have drills on site and a drill program underway. What's the latest? Yeah, so I guess the latest really is we are we are still turning a drill. It's um, getting towards winter, but we've had some good luck with the weather and we've got a really great team out there. So we've been uh, chasing down uh, mineralized intersections in both the saddle and and other areas around that. So we're having a pretty good fall there, very successful in terms of discovery at the end of the drill bit. If you can, maybe just talk about how you see this wrapping up as far as further work to conclude this program, what you think that timing will be, and then also some results have come out, assuming there'll be some more results flowing into the new year here, but just talk about the conclusion of the program and then what you guys see as the next steps. We're, we're likely to be wrapping up the end of this week. Um, that would be the 16th of December. People start to move move towards Christmas. It's, it's good to get out of the field. We'll have um, uh, continuing results into the new year, and we'll also have other uh, things we'll be bringing forward, additional projects, hopefully, and, and um, news on what we're doing through the winter before we start uh, drilling again in the spring. Let's talk uh, capital structure here, Mike. It's been a while since we've had you on the program. Just give us an update on where we are at this point with cash on hand, post-drill program completion, if you will, uh, as well as shares outstanding and, of course, uh, major shareholders at this point. So cash on hand at the end of this program will probably be about a million and a half, two million by the time the smoke clears. Um, we would uh, look, that would actually give us enough money to to uh, resume drilling and run a good program um, in late winter, early spring, depending on on weather. We haven't done any fundraising since we've gone public. We're still 47.6 million shares out. I think 2.1 million um, options out there and no warrants. It's a very tight structure. There is a bit more trading in the market now. We've got people more excited about what we're doing with the drill turning, but fundamentally, um, long-term shareholders, and uh, I think people are pretty excited about what we're doing. And Mike, would you mind uh, telling us just a little bit about the uh, shareholders uh, there at the company as well? So we um, uh, originally came about as sort of a, a combination of assets in Canada and then 
um, assets that that were vended out of Encore Energy, the KC project in Wyoming being the key one that came out. So they've got about a 19.9% interest. Management has about another 10%. And all of that, I should say, is under an escrow program. So I think 10% of it's free trading and you know the rest of it, the other 29% of, uh, of our overall holdings are fully escrowed. Beyond that, we've got some significant funds in Australia, uh, Brazil, um, out of California, New York, uh, Texas, um, who have uh, picked up significant positions. We've got some key uranium players out of Toronto as well, I should say, and some here in Vancouver. So it's it's a really good group of investors and people who are looking at it long term as opposed to, hey, look, stock just doubled, I'm selling. We're, we're in a pretty good place, I think, in terms of support, market support. Yeah, I like that, Mike. I appreciate you sharing some of those locations. Uh, we, we know some of the funds coming out of those areas, so I appreciate that. With respect to cash here, Mike, you know, market conditions are not poor, but but certainly I would call it moderate at this point and could very well be moderate going into 24. Just talk about if you had to stretch capital here, continue obviously work at the desktop level and compilation of results here so far. Just talk about how far that you think that that treasury would get you if you did not see market conditions conducive to raising capital. And also on the assumption that, you know, look, these first drill programs don't always come up with substantial results. Sometimes they do, but, you know, obviously follow-up work's needed to really delineate any deposit that's of any meaningful nature. But just talk about, you know, if you guys had to stretch it and market conditions weren't great to kick off the first half of 2024, you know, if you guys would need to raise by the end of the first half or what you see there. Yeah, I guess number one, I would say I, I get a couple calls every week asking, um, you know, if we are going to raise any more money um, and people interested in participating. But beyond that, certainly, you know, I think we could, as I said earlier, we could, I think, get through next year and, and actually have another small drill program as well to expand on what we're doing right now at KC. So we're in, we're in a pretty good situation. You know, there are, I think, companies out there that, that are short on cash and will be going dormant, but I don't see that as as being an issue for us, even if there's a market turn. And for uranium, I think uranium really is, right now it's in that sweet spot. In terms of funding, we're running about $81.5 a pound uh, for the, the spot price right now. Internally, the expectation is that, that that's going to continue to go up in the near term, and I think that will continue to support um, you know uranium equities out there. Okay, so on other projects here, want to get just uh, a few updates here because um, the company has, in addition to the drill results that have been flowing in on news, the company's also been able to establish another project in Wyoming, uh, expand also Casey as well. So there's been some good moves on some land grabs, if you will, which have been congratulations on that first. But just talk about, you know, you've got the new project here, Bobcat, maybe you can just make a couple statements on that project that's been set up in the Shirley Basin. And then let's stay in Wyoming for a moment. And then also you've got uh, Boot Heel as well. So just talk about those and if you anticipate any work being done in 2024. So uh, the Bobcat is about just, it's a little under half a million pounds historic resources. We actually came across that through data mining as as well as the expansion of the um, the KC project, which was quite considerable this year, extending it another seven miles to the east in the south southeast. That's really all things that we've been doing uh, by going through data and finding 
additional targets and opportunities. Bobcat's a little small as a standalone, but we think that'll be an asset as we go down the road and something that perhaps something, somebody else would be interested in coming in and helping us develop. Boot Heel, I think, is quite interesting. There's actually, if you look at uh, indicated and inferred on the historic resources there, it, it cracks 5 million pounds. So it's, it's not, um, uh, not insignificant at all. It's actually quite, quite a relevant um, opportunity. So we're going to dig into that and look at um, where we would like to drill and look to expand. And hopefully at some point, it's not in the near future, but you know, at some point we'd like to get that into compliance as well, report that historic resource up to standard. I think our, our other real significant asset would be Moonshine, which is located in uh, Northwest Arizona. And that, um, that's a project that's got some uh, pretty solid grade historic, it's a historic uh, resource as well. But the grade there is, is um, comparable to what we're seeing at Casey. And as well, it's pretty significant number in terms of the, the overall resource there, historic resource, but also the potential to expand it. And that's really, we want to look at, focus on things that are, we can see being company makers. So, Mike, yeah, I appreciate that. And talk just a little bit about, you know, this was something that came in with the company that you guys got together with on the RTO when you went public. Um, talk a little bit about Lisbon Valley and if there's any immediate plans there, which I suspect not, but just, you know, that one is in Utah. Um, again, you guys have a decent portfolio within the U.S. already built, but just talk about uh, Lisbon Valley and if there's any immediate plans there. Yeah, I guess uh, Lisbon, the Lisbon Valley project is not core focus. Myself and one of our other directors, Larry Lahausen, both have worked in the um, Lisbon Valley, Paradox Valley uh, camp on the Utah-Colorado border area. So we've got a lot of experience there, uh, but the focus of nuclear fuels really is the in-situ recovery style deposits. Um, and unfortunately, Lisbon Valley falls outside of that. So at some point, we'll we'll probably be looking for a partner there as well. But we think it's a pretty solid asset. Appreciate that. It is conventional and uh, interesting project as well out there and gives you guys a lot of options with respect to the things you can do, whether it's, uh, you know, JVs, earn-ins, uh, complete monetization to help cash up for the focus of the company and these types of things. We also noticed uh, you were able to complete an OTC a QX listing, which congratulations on that. I appreciate that for visibility for investors. Any other stuff specifically you'll be working on? I'm sure you guys are looking at other projects. Any other items you just wanted to uh, cover off as well? Yeah, so we, we have continued our, our data mining process, if I can call it that. And uh, I'd, I'd look to the new year for um, hopefully uh, unveiling, presenting some, some additional uh, uranium assets and uh, continuing to demonstrate, you know, not only uh, building value through the the assets that we have, but organically adding to them. Mike, also remind the audience, because I know there's been a little bit of change with people there, just slight change with the merged group, but just also highlight off uh, some of the key people that are helping you out on the ground and uh, you think are important for the audience to be aware of. The highliner of that would be Bill Sheriff, who is our chairman. Um, he's also chairman of Encore Energy, uh, which is a uranium producer down in Texas, but they have significant assets, ISR assets as well in um, both Wyoming and South Dakota, uh, east and west of us at Casey. He's been a critical part of helping build the team and, um, and move this company forward, and I think will 
continue to do so. We've got some great people on the geology side, guys like Gene Spearing, um, who's been an a, uh, ISR geologist and discoverer and also a corporate level person as well um, in places like Spain with um, base metals. You know, Gene is, is a key guy uh, in terms of keeping our team on track. Dave Miller ran Strathmore uh, in the last cycle. He's a director and he's been uh, involved both um, at a high level in uh, the team, but also, you know, when we go to Casey, you know, we see our directors out on site looking at what we're doing and, and getting involved in the exploration itself, which is unique. We don't really usually see that. Most directors of small companies are like, oh, you've got a resolution for me to sign. Here's my signature. I'm, I'm going now. Where are my options? But no, we've got a, a senior team at the board level who's very involved. Um, we've got some great technical staff, people like Mark Travis, uh, who's running the, uh, the KC project, uh, who have good, solid experience um, in the last cycle in ISR Uranium. We've got uh, consultants who've been coming in from other operations to help us out there and uh, make sure that we're spending our money effectively and efficiently. And it's a pretty solid team. It's really great to be part of. Mike, and come back just for a moment here on Casey, uh, because this is an important, it's a large project. Uh, it's going to take a lot of capital to explore and expand what we have here, but it is a substantial land package and it's all, of course, contagious, which is important in these areas. But just talk about what your expectations are looking forward, let's call it two years, maybe three years out, just as far as, you know, the types of deposits that you guys think are here, roll front, and just overall your expectations here in the years ahead in terms of what you guys think this has for potential. Start off by stepping back and looking at Casey as a whole. We've got over 110 miles of roll front map there. Uh, so that means we pretty much know where the mineralization is on that project um, over a 33 mile uh, long trend. And there's multiple roll fronts in parallel, um, which makes life uh, a little more efficient in terms of going from one, one target to another. But fundamentally, um, our issue isn't finding mineralization, it's actually finding it and drilling it in the most efficient and effective way in terms of time and money. We want to develop resources there as, as quickly as we can. There's obviously geological uncertainty in any process, but we have an exceptional opportunity at KC. And in the back of that as well, I think a lot of our, our um, shareholders are quite attracted to the fact that we have um, an agreement with Encore Energy where they have the option to back into the project uh, once we've um, resourced 15 million pounds of uranium at KC. And so that really becomes our target. And, you know, we're hoping that we can get some resources and move towards that target sort of in a two to three year window would be where we'd like to go and, and, uh, and, and get down that road. But certainly there's, there's no guarantees that, that we do it. But once we hit, um, if we hit a 15 million pound resource at KC, Encore has the opportunity to back in and take the project to production in exchange for returning two and a half times our exploration expenditures, plus um, carrying our 49% uh, interest to production. So it's, it's kind of that unique opportunity where a junior exploration company can become a producer without um, having to A, raise all the capital to um, fund a uh, production development, 
but also uh, we also don't need to go out and secure the technical team to do that either. So it's it's one of those we can continue to focus on exploration while we become theoretically while we become a a production company. Pretty exciting opportunity, and that's if uh, we can start delivering significant resources in a, a two to three year window that's relevant to that target. That would be that's my real main focus. Mike, I think that's good for the audience to understand that situation and what we've got here. I think that's important for them to see and have some eyes and ears on it. You guys continue to progress this yeah. towards that initial 15 million pound target. Just on the drilling here, maybe you can give us a little more flavor in terms of the depth that you guys are going, where we're seeing mineralization, because we have a pretty good idea of where this hangs out. Uh, talk about the depth for the audience who may not be aware of how far you're drilling here. And then also, if you have a rough number, I, I know this might take a little bit of calculation, but what's this costing in terms of the drilling out there, if you can maybe just give us a basis? So um, at Casey, we're in the area that we're focusing on right now, we're, we're looking at the lower Wasatch formation, and we're targeting that around you know 250 to 350 feet. And then below that, uh, we've been drilling on the upper Fort Union formation mineralization, and that's that's depths of um, almost 650 feet. Our drill costs are actually uh, pretty reasonable. We have probably about 20 to $22 all in a foot, which is incredibly cheap. Um, so we're looking, if you had a 500 foot hole, that would be you know $12,000 to do that. Compared to the cost of core drilling in the Athabasca Basin, uh, where you'd be looking at um, north of $200 a meter or call it $65 a foot. We're, so we're about a third of the cost of what we'd be looking at our, our Canadian uh, counterparts in their exploration drilling costs. So it's, it's pretty inexpensive in comparison. We will continue to target those two formations. Other areas, our, our maximum depth of, of exploration really is probably 750 or 800 feet. Um, and that's because when you look at it from a production stance, um, once you're over 800 feet, you have to line production um, drill holes with steel as opposed to PVC. And there's a commiserate uh, increase in expense there. So that's our, our target is to stay targeting things um, that are, are shallower than 800 feet depth. And we go forward on that basis. But you know we've got lots of targets in that range. And again, yeah, so 110 miles of, of roll front targets that we know of, the vast majority of them are, are well above the 800 foot level. Historically, drilling at KC uh, pretty much focused um, around the 250, 350 foot range. And there are a few, you know, 700 foot holes there, but we've got an awful lot of opportunity to look down dip for additional sections on the historically identified mineralized areas. So it's a great opportunity there in that framework to be able to to drill a little bit deeper and get a lot more. Yeah, Mike, that's great. I appreciate you, you putting that together for us so the audience has a rough reference and idea there and definitely much much cheaper than our friends up in Canada for sure. Uh, so many more challenges up there and so much more deep. I appreciate the time here. Let's leave it there for now. And just to wrap up here for potential investors who are listening in, Nuclear Fuels has a market capitalization of about 31 million Canadian dollars. Why should nuclear fuels be considered within the institutional family office and retail investors portfolio? 
I think, well, number one, uranium is going to be a key investment for a lot of people in the years ahead. Um, we are at the, I think, at the beginning of a uranium uh, renaissance, and it, it really is the place to be. It's The price has gone up, but it really hasn't. Um, you know, there, there's going to be a long sustained market here uh, in the uranium space, and, and it'll be uh, a key part of a lot of people's portfolios. As this happens, getting into companies that are developing resources and, and hopefully in the long term becoming producers is one of the best places that you can find value in the market. So puts nuclear fuels in, in just the right spot. And Mike, what is the best way for folks to reach out to the company? We do have on our website a phone number for the office. And if you call and want to talk to me, I will pick it up. We do our very best to answer all inquiries. So if you send an email or make a phone call, you can talk with us. Mike, appreciate that. Well, it's always good to catch up, keep up the efforts with the company, and we'll be back in touch. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me, Andrew. Great to be on today.